Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Will Leverson, and this is the Union Addressed. And this week's episode is everything we're not and everything we are. Unfortunately, this episode is in the aftermath of another massive loss of life at the hands of a gunman in which 19 children and two adults lost their lives, and then the 18-year-old shooter. Every time when there is any tragedy, whether it be great or small, there's always a response. And we'll often find, you know, our direction in that response. And after all of these, and this, we have a lot of recency bias in our current events. Of course, things, if something just happened fresh, it's going to sort of maybe um, be newer and fresher uh, than something that may be just as bad or even worse in any time past. I.e., if 19 people get killed today, uh, we may take it differently than the 23 people that were, ki- that were killed two months ago. And vice versa. Um, when we have our discussion about American gun control laws and what needs to be done, we have to really, you know, uh, take a look at what it is, man. We don't have a situation where there's just such a strong effort to keep guns in the hands of every American that we just can't possibly have any responsible gun laws because of one political proclivity's ability to, to, to just keep the evil stuff out. That have never been a story of a human person species since we've been here, man. And so how are we saying that, oh... It's these people, their response, they don't want to do anything. We all want to do so much. To which I ask you, why haven't we done the thing already? It's not that gun violence is going to be any different from how it ever was. If if a bunch of kids are shot at a college, to a bunch of kids are shot at a middle school, elementary school, then back to a college... It's never going to end up being different, man. It's, it's, it's the same gun violence. Whether it's a semi-automatic weapon or a handgun or a sniper rifle. We in this country and many others, okay? There's a, believe me, there's a gun culture in the Middle East. There is. There's murders in things with said guns. Mostly all the time. But for some odd reason or other, we sensationalize gun violence so much that the same, not many of a different people, and please believe me, like our show, The Union Addressed, is about the presentation of information. And a part of information is living life things that are lived and true and will always remain to be true. Not just to somebody that, that's in some... Um, untouchable or or untenable or unapproachable situation like literally we have people that are trying to figure out why is there gun violence being done and at the same time when gun violence is done around them 
there there is nothing to it, man. For real. We've had such a loss of life in this country at the hands of just avoidable violence. Why why as a police officer did you feel like you had to pull the person over? Because their plates were expired. And that beyond writing them a ticket, you had to just go through everything. Let's say if I was a person that didn't understand any of that process. Just pick one, really. And I was really jumping. I thought that the government at this point was going to do something to me. And then I end up acting erratic and now I'm dead at the hands of a cop. Right? Because... To my knowledge, I wasn't doing anything wrong. I was just being pulled over because of a a license plate issue. And I know that we always say, well, you know, people, we have to, you know, interject at these points because you never know what's going on. If someone has one bad thing going on, what else do they have going on? Right. That's good work. And I completely agree. If this were maybe times of antiquity and the efforts of vice virtue and all things law and order, (laughs) um, like we know now that literally people are either really poor We haven't just tried to do this and put something together from trying to build something that was a bunch of farmers and herdsmen and loose association of families and and, and fellowships into a cohesive thing called a governing society. Like, we're not just trying this out. Like, we know now that the person that is driving around with some expired tags probably doesn't, there's probably some other stuff going on there. It has nothing to do with being the next drug kingpin. We don't offer any opportunity for correction without some great cost. I'm pulled over by the cop. I get a ticket. Instead of being allowed to pay that ticket, we have to go through this whole process. Instead of just addressing the ticket, we have to now run someone's name. Then we have to take extra time and be extra in different postures of, of, of trying to figure out if something's going to be wrong or not. You know, if, if you're anyone that's in any sort of engagement situation, whether you're a cop, a service member, um, a person on the street, uh, when you're in that um, interaction there, you're already postured different because you're trying to figure out, is this other person going to harm me? because of this, the nature of the interaction. Like, both people are thinking that, oh man, is this going to be the day I get beat over the head? Oh man, it's the day you know, somebody crazy shoots me. But we're not addressing... <laughs> Seriously, I don't want to put another cop's life in danger. Why are we pulling people over for moving violations that aren't something that's as serious as... Oh, this person's erratic driving. Literally, they just ran up over a curve. Now, that might mean that if it wasn't where they were avoiding an accident, where clearly we can see, oh, well, yeah, they went around the person before they rear-ended them. That's like we got to use our judgment there. Oh, 
you know, I would have probably did the same thing, avoided accident. But if there there's no one on the street and they just drove up over the median, that's probably an opportunity where we got to have a conversation because either somebody may be intoxicated or otherwise incapacitated because they weren't able to drive a car, obviously where there's no reason to drive up over a curve or someone speeding around a corner where it looks like it's a dangerous situation. Newsflash, no, you can't gun it around a corner because you feel like it on Tuesday because it feels nice outside and it's not raining. You would like people to see you and hear you. Your attention-seeking being you. I got a fast car. I can peel off some time I bought it. Yeah. On a racetrack somewhere. Or even in an amateur race. Yeah, man, you want to drive your really fast charger because it's fast? You want to drive fast and experience that? Go do that where you're supposed to, not on the street because of whatever situation you have going on in your nice performance car. Like, if you do that, yeah, the cops should be to pull you over because I don't know if you're fleeing the scene of a crime. That's un- I, that That's more than reasonable. That is more than reasonable that a police officer uh, decides to pull you over because you were really driving erratic. There was no reason for you to gun it down the street or i.e. accelerate when there was no need for you to accelerate. You weren't passing a truck. You weren't accelerating um, around an accident situation if you had to quickly avoid someone. Those things are all understandable. Like, oh, yeah, man, wow, if that person didn't do that, they probably would have, you know, would have gotten into an accident. That's understandable. But no, you just can't gun it because it's a nice day. You can't. No, we, 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 you can't do that. Just drive your car like the normal way you just drove it before you decided to gun it. You'll be fine. I promise you. But we got to change that very core person that we believe is able to do stuff, man. No, man. No. Okay. Unless... You are someone. I saw it on someone's page and I had to really rethink it because I think it's a little bit forceful to say that a lot of people don't deserve guns. Up to 90% of people don't deserve guns. But I do get that there are people that should not own a firearm because beyond me, man, like I said, mental capacity, there have always been broken people. And that is the fact that the, 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 the way that we used to describe them broken people. OK, because if a person is an amalgam of systems and and all these physical things that make up a physical natured being, then humans that are not able to function on their own. In what we can say is a reasonable experience. OK, hey. For whatever reason, I'm a violent person. I seem to get into fights. I'm very aggressive in situations. It doesn't even have to be anything that's where we're getting into it. It could just be the way that I shop, man, is an expression of my aggression. No, that person should not. 
be able to own a firearm. Why? Because that's the same angry, aggressive person that have always been that might just take an arrow and shoot someone in the neck or as a samurai, test out his new sword on someone's neck, a, a, a colonial or, or, or national um, soldier you know, of a nation that goes into a place and does whatever you want, he or she or it, they, we, it, wants to do in a situation. If that's always happened, right, then we have to have something that deals with that. Because there are people that it's not a mental thing. They're just an overly aggressive person. When we say it's not a mental thing, beyond that, they don't have anything that's functionally keeping them from otherwise carrying out what we can see as like a human person with arms and legs and things, if there are people that are missing those in some capacity, then in any way that you take a look at that amalgam of systems and you grow it out from there, yes, they have a debilitating mental condition. It has nothing to do with just being a butthead, man. You, We can say it, man, because we say it in the conversations when we're, you know... In our different experiences, you know, if you're with your friends, you'll say that somebody is is not a very strong, good person, human person, man, for whatever reason. And that's different from someone that's not able to function because they were born without, man, or without happened to them, man. It's not on them. But for those, all of the other whatever percentage of people that don't have any ailment or any sort of calamity that would prevent them when we say handicap. See, on this show, we hate to use those, um, really those, those words and things that detract from being able to experience the whole. The whole, I'm sorry. Like words like minority and black and white felons and all those things disabled or disability or whatever it is man that we put these distinctions on different groups man on the, for the sake of this show we hate to use those because at the end of the day man you're you're a human person and beyond me being able to really see any sort of impairment or anything, I have to take it as you're an otherwise fully functional person. Not that if you're someone that doesn't have that, that you're not, but we're just saying for argument's sake, where clearly you would say, okay, if that person did something, maybe there's something else that's going on there that we can't quantify as being just a a-hole, jackhole, or a butthead. Like we have to be able to distinguish beyond be between that for sure. And there are ways to do that, but we have to take every step to get there. Our engagement is archaic, man. If we want to really work toward this Netflix futuristic world where somehow, some way people are all together and the only other thing is that there's a true class sort of you know warfare going on <laughs> man like 
then then I can understand that. Then I think we can all understand that. But our engagement is so completely ancient that it is now at this point really putting too many people in harm's way. Unless someone's vehicle has been reported at the scene of a crime with license information, it's all right to pull someone over. If someone just said, hey, there was a white Ford Edge that just looked like it shot three people. It's all right to pull over Ford Edge owners, especially ones that are in a white Ford Edge. If they're in a black Ford Edge, I wouldn't pull that person over because they're not, you know, white is a pretty distinctive color. White would be different from black or blue. So we wouldn't be pulling over people because they're in a suspicious vehicle when it hasn't been reported as a suspicious vehicle. But once again, we have all sorts of things and ways of approaching things that are just archaic because we're saying that, oh, you know, we got to catch these bad people, right? That are hurting and harming people. And then you catch the bad people and then someone later on in the system says, well, um, we think that the person that stabbed someone 28 times, um, we feel that at this point that they've paid their debt to society and we're just going to go ahead and we're going to pardon them uh, right now. And then you're going to say to yourself, well, okay, um, that's great that you know, we're working to, to, you know, bring people out of incarceration. But why do we choose that? What, what was the purpose of choosing that person as opposed to the anything else that's out there beyond that? We'll just leave that as, as open-ended of a question, really that we can all answer in our own personal time, but really, truly, seriously, what do we say to ourselves when we're just sort of doing things? And there's no real reason for it. We are harming each other every day with these firearms and things that we feel so strongly that we should be able to have, man. Like, and then we're trying to figure out, well, why are people being shot? Because you can't both really support gun culture and violence culture and then very well be shocked when it happens to you. Music has been around for quite some time. Music has been expressions of culture and of class and of experiences and of belonging and escape. For as long as people have been chanting things into the sky or into the air, to each other. As long as we've been singing, that songs have been about what we've been about. And then when we take a look at the expression that we have of people's stories, man, that we're not being told and brought out to the limelight. And then we say, oh, man, these expressions and things, man, I can identify with that, man, because that's my life. And then we sit around, right? And then the violence happens and we say, how, how can this happen? How can we be about this? 
And then on one hand, we have a system of justice that we, at this point, from anything that have ever existed as like a real life human and not a Netflix show, um, there have been consequences for what we have all deemed are like ultimate things that you shouldn't do as a human. Because how did you get there? Part of that is being violent when there's no other reason for you to have been violent. Because there are other people with mental and other ailments that prevent them from being this functional person and then they don't do that. So there isn't a real way of probabilities or any statistics really when it comes down to the potential for a human to do harm. Because there's no way to say from this person's upbringing that this has a likelihood of happening. Why? Because there's no real way to arrive at that. Because the occurrences of that um, don't happen that way. You can have someone that completely in their life has not committed any of the acts that we all say you should not do these things regardless of what you believe in. It's just a bad thing to hurt another person for no reason. Like if we all say that, right. And and we can all agree that you should not do that. Right. Because there should be some consequence if you do that. Right. And then we're trying to figure out, well, why are people doing that? Because the consequence that we have is not commensurate for that. We say that there shouldn't be a death penalty because we shouldn't have this. We shouldn't. When have we shouldn't have had that? Can you tell me in any experience that we can think of? Any, even anything that we create as a fiction. We create these great stories in fantastical worlds. And then the expression of that, that's where we see things as being so when we say in 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 a in a in a space opera right that there's this government intergalactic government entity uh, that wants to take over and impose their will on something and the good people they fight against that evil because look at what they do look at how they just kill people they look they blew up a whole planet and nobody on that planet did anything To them, they were rebels and all those things, but there were innocent people there. Because even when we make stuff up, we're imitating life because it is imprinted on our very being, man, that bad things happen to people. Whether it be that we were all sitting here and then a interplanetary rock or ice ball explodes into the atmosphere because our atmosphere did what it's supposed to do and protected us from said space rock. But the air burst was so great that it actually scorched two thirds of a continent, scorched it. Whether it's a large line or just a between a couple latitudes and longitudes, man, but two thirds of a continent was scorched by this. And the people that were living in this area, of course, they died. 
is it a bad thing that bad things happen to people and that there's no way that we can control it? Or that when we do have some way other than something that we cannot control, calamity other than what we're able to control, man, this person took someone's life. This person raped someone. This person did X, Y, Z thing. There must be a commensurate consequence for that. Well, it's not up to us. Do you there? The craziest thing is this, right? And it's not that you can't believe in what you want to believe in, what you want to believe in it, you know, for real. But seriously, you got people using a deity based argument that we shouldn't have a death penalty when they themselves don't functionally believe in anything other than this. And we're not just talking about people, I'm an atheist, no. We're talking about people that have no belief, realistically none, no belief. Those people will say, well, we're not God, so we can't make that decision as to if someone should die or not. To those people, I say, please stop it. Either you're saying that you truly, in your own personal experience, could not be able to have said that you're going to make the decision for someone to die. That's fine. That is what your prerogative is. Do you know that if you don't believe in the death penalty because of anything that you believe that like in like a human life and all that that is you that's fine like that that's a part of what you're able to do it's just that like in real life though and when we say real life meaning that outside of what your own personal narrative is because of your own personal beliefs that you say you do not want to make the decisions for someone to die you don't have to the people that are appointed in a space used to be called judgeship or a landed nobility or landed gentry or all those different things for people that are of a means to have been able to have been been a decision maker whether it's here Rome uh whatever land of the beginnings of a civilization like when we all came together and said that, yeah, you know what, man, I'm a great worker. I like to, you know, cut stone and I like to build our village. But you, man, you're, you're real good at telling us where to go because if it wasn't for you, whatever way that you came to say, don't go up the mountain path, go toward the river, And then we looked up and we saw that there was a big mudslide. And maybe that would have been us. But we're here fishing by the river. Like you were able to make that decision. So you go do that. It's not wrong to have someone to be in a decision-making capacity that we cannot do it. Because if if that were the case, then we would all be lemmings. And we wouldn't have these fantastic buildings and things that we have. Those of us that may be able to be in a in a home or a structure that have that part of their hierarchy of needs fulfilled. So if we've never been able to, whether in life or in fiction, 
been able to live without people being able to make the decisions that some of us do not want to make and cannot make or are not equipped to make that. That is fine. No one is saying that you're less of a participant. But there needs to be decision makers that are going to be able to demand the best expression of what we are. And we've got to change the way that we're looking at things because we can't have a reasonable discussion over why do people do things with guns when we don't come with the grip terms that we don't have in our current expression anything of the laws of us same persons that has any true penalty for being the worst that we've ever been. I agree that we shouldn't have large correctional facilities that have all these people if some of those people are not truly violent. Meaning that they didn't, they were not the drug dealer that shot the person. They were out there just dealing drugs that day. That's a citation. That's not a, that's not a jail sentence. That's, hey, if you want to deal drugs, you know, we're going to keep taking your money don't have the time to process you into a jail you're just going to pay your money each time you get caught man dealing drugs but if you are the drug dealer that took somebody's life why weren't you drug why weren't you the drug dealer that didn't shoot nobody why couldn't you just deal drugs because you felt that you had to do this because of the illegal enterprise that you have going on huh well for that yes you have to go to jail man and no you don't get a chance to come out of jail you know, you got to figure that out in your own self. Why, why did you think that it was good for you to do that? And maybe we would have a difference in our jail population because only the true worst of us would be there. We wouldn't have T-Money or G-Nice or Stephanie or J-Money. We wouldn't have any of these people in jail Unless they killed one of the two people that we just mentioned there. Then that person should be in jail. But the other ones, that's just a really poor choice. And we're going to fine you as, as much as we can as a society. But that's not a jail sentence, man. That's a, that's a hey, you're going to have to get your life together because you're not going to have any money. You know? Oh, and hey, if you keep doing this, then you're, you're saying that you don't want to have a regular job. And so, you know, then we, then you, then if that's the case, if you don't want to work, then you're not going to be able to get much assistance here. You got to figure something out. You know, you can't do this. That's a different message than, oh, hey, you know what? Since we all only live in once, go do you. And then I'll just throw you up in here. Yeah. No. Is until you prove that you can't be a functional person, we're going to keep taking your money away. You're not going to, you know, you got to understand something here. If you got to be able to work functionally within any society, okay? If we're saying that, hey, man, you can take those same skills and go either build your own company or go run somebody's company and then go get your own, bust whatever move you have to bust, you just can't do this one. I think that's a different message than. Oh, hey, you know what? For the sake of imagery, 
you know, you a hardcore drug dealer. You the same as a drug dealer that shot three of y'all. No, they're not the same person, man. They are not. Do you know that person's not the same person? They're not. I promise you they're not. That's somebody out there doing something because they 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 have a skill or a talent that is not being able to be applied in no different way. If you grow the conversation out from there, that's just not something that's a part of your newest uh, favorite TV show where somebody that was trying to go to college in a fictional sense. I mean, we talk about stuff that apparently is hyper hyperbolic and doesn't happen in real life. It only happens in fiction world, even though we make these stories based off of what we see as human people do at least. And there's at least humans that are making human shows that humans consume. And so we have a very a popular show right now where a person was in college and everything had to find a way to make that work and survive was not offered that opportunity so they had to apply their skills in another aspect that happens to people man whether we believe it or not man. I, as a matter of fact there's a rapper I've been listening to pretty much since I think at least he's been able to be out man where this dude was an all American athlete and still looks like he has the physique of someone that is an athlete of that level, man. Got hurt and became a great rapper. Now, I'm not saying this gentleman did hurt or did not hurt nobody because I don't know his personal story. But what I will tell you is this, is that that's an application in a better sense. Other than what we were just talking about. Because eventually, man, your decision making in that regard is going to take you into where the real worst of us is. You shouldn't want that. <clears throat> but we got to change the way we approach those situations. We have to. I don't want a cop. I don't want to have to hire more police when we just got rid of positions. And then to bring... That is insulting, professionally insulting that I couldn't. That is a decision that we should not make. We cannot say we don't want you get rid of you and then say, please come back. Then, yes, you're going to have to spend more money, just like just like in a professional sports team. OK, if you release a player or, or you trade them and then you bring them back right into the same system uh, there, that does happen, by the way. What does that say about your decision making? Yeah, very skittish. And, and I don't think I would want to come back in that situation because I don't know when the next time someone's going to yell at you and make you want to get rid of me again. I don't know when that's going to happen. And so what you're going to get at that situation is if you're trying to just fill spots, you're not going to do that responsibly and things are going to happen. So. We've got to deal with our how we engage. We can't both tell police we want you, then we don't need you. We can't treat police like they're Nanny McPhee, man. That can't happen. That has not been able to happen, even in our best expression and fiction. You know, like like the undiscovered country of what dreams may come. You know, that great abstract that we have that we express ourselves into 
even in our best, we have the need for a responsible law and order component to our lives. Because without it, what used to happen before we came together as these societies would only happen. Then only truly the strong of us, the strongest of us who are most capable are then going to then just go through and lay to waste the meekness of us and then replace that with their own selves. You know, that's another thing that we must really think of in any, in any regard. However you look at being a human person, the thing is this, is that we're not those of us that are alive right now. Please, this, you know, this is gut check time, you know, really. As we understand we're a violent species, that we're a violent thing on this earth, that we enact harm and that we're not responsible to things like the environment. Like, we know all this, right? Then we've also got to know that if we're, you know genetic material passed down from all of the successors of our species. The successors of our species have all been conquerors. We're not the survivors of those that have died in any campaign. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are the remnant that remains after the slaughter. We are the blood of the very victorious, as we all claim. All of us kings and queens. Yes, we are not kings and queens of fictional kingdoms. We are kings and queens of conquerors, those that have slaughtered. So when you are fixing that queen's crown, this isn't somebody that lived in meekness. This isn't someone that have inherited something that have been more wholesome than the last. And we must know this. This isn't some tirade onto, you know, quasi-religious grounds. No, really, seriously. Think about it with your own brain. If the Romans went into an area, we, a lot, I just did an Ancestry.com thing, an Ancestry DNA registry, whatever you want to call it, man, because I would like to know what parts of me exist from this great uh, legacy of conquerors. So if it happens that your DNA reveals that, you know, you, you, your family is an ancient Italian family and that it appears that this place has been in place since Roman times, then guess who you are? <laughs> You're not someone that is not like the Titanic and like magically somehow in what we know to have happened as a sinking that we're watching it is like something different was going to happen in that movie. If you were somebody ex expecting something different to happen at the ending of Titanic, seriously, then you may need to really do a gut check. It's what the, uh, the, the nature of today's show is, man. Everything we're not and everything that we are. There's a Kanye West song, man, that covers that material. When the shit hits the fan, everything I'm not make me everything I am. And that's pretty much, man, the space that we're in right now. We are such a petty species that somebody in a professional sport can literally be 
the first or second most of something that have ever happened. And then we say, oh, that person really wasn't good. <laughs> I, I don't know what you say to that. I, I don't know what you would say to the mind that takes that and then follows that down another path, like anything outside of mind that says that. Hey, I've got the highest free throw percentage ever. Like I've got a 99 free. My free throw percentage is 99. Never been a 99 before. There's people been 94, 98, 97%, but there's never been a 99% free throw shooter. I'm that dude. Or I'm that lady or person. Okay. And then someone says, that person was not a very good free throw shooter. They had games where they missed all their free throws. Or where they missed a lot of free throws. It's like, okay. But they obviously have to be pretty good if they're, you know, sort of never done something that no one's done before. And so the same minds in that sense. And sports aren't fiction. It's just some of the best expression of what we have. Like a lot that we put into sports is we want to see that because we, we that's like the best of some stuff that we physically as humans have a control over man i may not be able to control that a comet might slam into the earth or that eventually that the the sun will expand and probably swallow the earth like i may not be able to control those things but i am able to control how hard i throw this ball how often that i can score how efficient i am how many how many points i can generate man how many great strokes, how many great balls, man, that we can bowl. And seriously, sports is within our control. And even in our appreciation for sports, someone can re- realistically be the second most at something. And that we will say in an argument because we have to. Us little blood of conquerors in us, that little angry, agitated bit somehow that gets jogged in a sports debate. We'll say, oh, that person sucked. (laughs) So we're, we're the same species that can do that and have a great appreciation for it. I mean, I do. I know because I have a whole sports show, Sports Spot Weekly. Um, And please, as you listen to the union address, please take a look and listen and please share the uh, Sports Spot Weekly um, show there. Uh, we're just making sure we cover uh, many different segments of our experience uh, there so that we're always able to present information um, that's pertinent and meaningful and impactful. It's just certainly when we're having a discussion on, on laws and, and whys and things, and we have to know that we're not very good at not being what we are. We're not very good at it. What we can do in the best that we project ourselves into, we just need to change those efforts, man. There needs to be such an overhaul to what we do that the only way that it can happen for us 
at least at this present time because there's no there's no machine or any process that's going to unmake um, what it is that we are. There is not. You can't modify a human any more than you can to make it not do something. You won't be able to. That biological, technological process is beyond us. Truly. So outside of that, When we go forth in policy, we have to know that there is something that fundamentally we have to change. And it is our own personal approach. If this were a basketball player, we'd say that he needs a sports psych, he or she needs a sports psychologist to help them improve whatever is in their mind preventing them from being the best possible basketball player that they can be. We need and we have always needed and had. personal counselors of our faiths or followings whether it be a social following or your religious faith or just what you observe to be your own true and unique self we've get, we have we have to acknowledge That we're not something that is to be made to do something. It just has to be made for us. We don't want people buying guns. Then you have to pass the policy that does that. And you cannot delay in it. There are ways that we have resolved to have to be able to work around our administrative processes. I'm sure that a creative administration would use the defense production provisions of executive authority to stop the manufacture beyond military need defense true defense need of any automatic firearms there isn't any reason that as a gun collector and someone that appreciates firearms that you need to have access to a 240 Bravo There isn't any reciprocity from military service that would dictate that you should own a 50 cal. Those weapons, because they're available outside of our defensive capabilities, have now put us at a great detriment. We have people that, for all intents and purposes, pluralities of people, and then you'll grow that name out from there. If you'll want to call them malicious, that is up to you. But they are pluralities of gun owners, of consensus, various consensus thoughts. These are not all national supremacists. 
that have these firearms. There are conclaves of educated people, for sure. Maybe not some massive 500 plus person personal militia or security force or whatever you want to call it. But there are small conclaves of us human Americans that believe certain things and are firearm owners who could probably muster up enough firearms for defense where realistically were it a less armed entity they would be able to defend themselves relatively well. I am going to go on record and say that. It's not hyperbole. We're not just talking about, you know, the Ammon Bundys of the world. We're talking about people that we all personally know who get together in shooting clubs and things of that nature are around other aficionados of firearms who appreciate them on a different level than even someone looking to do harm with the firearm. We have to fundamentally change how we're looking at what we have act what we should have access to. You don't need to go hunting to have an appreciation of hunting. You don't have to go as the philosophers of antiquity now at this point. For sure, nothing exceeds like excess. We are so extreme in our fetish appreciation for life that we are so far away from being at any homeostatic media, middle. We are just so far away from that. We have pro-life and pro, pro-choice arguments where people lose their lives. Over someone's personal choice that they want to be able to make. And when there's a point that's made that says, make your own decision with your body. I just don't want to fund it with this money anymore. And then we say, you want to keep my right away from me. It can't be both ways. It has never been able to be both ways. If people felt so strongly about these procedures, just as there are lawyers, and seriously, for the sake of this show, we will always stand on personal choice. It is your choice to be whatever human you would like to be. You can ascribe it to a faith. You can ascribe it to a national identity. You can, you can ascribe it to who you are as a, an expressive being. Make your own personal choices. I would tell you this, of those that claim to be in the fight with you, if they believe so strongly on the principles of that, 
then they would perform those procedures without the funding. They would find a way to do it. Do you know that? This is not about what someone's preventing someone from doing. There are doctors without borders. There are charitable organizations. There are people that feel so strongly about that, that have means and money. Give your means and money to provide it for that then, if you feel so strongly about it. The finality of the pro-life and pro-choice debate needs to be this. Make your own personal choice. I will not fund it any longer. It is not against the law to make your own personal choice. But what I will not do is I will not fund it. That is fine. That is fine. That needs to be the finality of it. Do what thou wilt is what some believe to be the whole of the law. I see that doesn't stand up, though, when it comes to real personal choice and decision making. The great others of belief in life. If you believe so strongly in that, you would do it regardless. Believe me, you would. You don't believe in that, though. You want someone else to join in that decision with you. And that, my fellow persons, is what we must change if we're going to get beyond where we are now. I do not advocate for harm against anyone but what I will advocate for is if you believe so strongly and you're the resolve and convictions, then you will go your way after that decision. It doesn't need to be revisited. Make your own personal choice. It will not be funded anymore. That is a personal prerogative choice that has nothing to do with the accessibility to education or life. No one is saying you should not be allowed to go to college after you have a personal choice procedure done in your life or that you don't deserve to be the CEO of your own company. That is not what anyone is saying. Go live your life. It is not illegal. Go live your life. At whatever facilities that they want to do that, by all means do that. You can do that. You can have an abortion clinic. It's No one will stop you. Go and make your choice. The people there will still provide it for you. They have doctors and people on staff that believe so strongly in that. They will remain in place to help you at your time of personal need and choice. But that needs to be the finality. of This other gun control thing. The only way to do it is to go forth and do it. We just had a production, an immediate production of a life-saving vaccine. During the pandemic that we all had to live through. Yet somehow the same capacity can't somehow find a creative way to stop gun manufacturers from manufacturing and selling making money off of the sale 
of military-grade firearms. It's not that, it's not as simple as that. There's lobbies of people who, but you're the decision makers. Well, yeah, I can't find, you just found a way to give billions of dollars to people in their fight against their oppressive enemy. We found a way to do that, but we can't find a way to stop gun makers from manufacturing and selling these firearms? Are you serious? Here's something, here's another personal challenge, and, and we're almost done here. If you are a listener that believes that somehow, some way, that the same government that was able to expedite the manufacture of coronavirus vaccines. The same government of decision makers that are so adamant that they don't like people immigrating into the country and doing all of that. And that there are people that say they can't find a way to bring people to the table to make a decision on something domestically like reparations. We can't find... We can't find the votes in the room, but you just found a way to send billions of dollars to the Ukraine. If you are one of our listeners, because it is a personal challenge, even to me, the host of the show, Will Leverson of the Union Addressed, to do a personal inventory, to arrive at something that is more commonsensical than what we, the, what we previously thought a day before. But seriously, if you're someone that believes that somehow the decision makers that are in there, regardless of proclivity, can't somehow come to a decision about a halt to the manufacture of and sale of military-grade firearms beyond a defense contract, okay? That somehow we can't find a way to go with the same reveille and effort that we all can celebrate in the war on drugs. Please listen. Somehow, we don't have the same capacity to pinpoint and target operations of legal gun sales, gun shows in this United States to take away military-grade firearms, then you are sadly and woefully behind on where you have to be in order to put in the votes or even to become a decision maker, someone of some means that may be able to hear the show and hear this uh, presentation of information, please, we all have to do better because believe me, the people that are there right now do not have that interest at heart. If they did, they would have done so before. Believe me, on multiple different fronts. We just have to change how we fundamentally think. And then the people that we end up sending there are going to be different. Until then, being resolute and having someone else make a decision for you because you can't come to that decision is what's going to have us all still stuck here. Debating on whether or not we can control the procurement of military-grade firearms and how we're going to tackle the issue of 
unfavorable engagements with law enforcement and civilians. This is Will Leverson. This is the Union Address. Thank you. Please listen and share.